parenting, it's the hardest job we'll ever do. Most of us are tired, stressed, and counting the minutes until bedtime. But what if raising kids could feel just a little lighter? I'm Dr. Hillary, a licensed psychologist and mama of three, and you're listening to the Raised Resilient Podcast, where each week we tackle tough parenting topics, and I help decode behavior and empower you with tools and strategies so that even the hardest moments make more sense. Because parenting is hard, no matter how you do it. But I can help you go from barely surviving to parenting in a way that feels good for you and your child. So warm up your coffee and grab your earbuds. It's time to raise resilient kids. Hey friends, welcome back. So in today's episode, I want to talk about getting our kids to listen. This is a big one, right? I hear this all the time from parents. I don't know what I'm doing wrong, but my kids won't listen when I ask them to do something or my requests fall on deaf ears or my kid ignores me and I don't know what to do differently. I have been there and I know it can be so frustrating, but like a lot of things in parenting, getting this dynamic of nagging our kids and having them ignore us to shift requires a perspective shift. So we're going to start there and then I'm going to give you my three-step process to really get your kids to start to cooperate when you're asking them to do things. And then we're going to talk about a few other ideas that will help with this process. But before we jump in, I just want to tell you that I have something that will help you so much speaking of shifting perspective, right? If you are struggling to implement the things that we're talking about here on this podcast. I have a guide that will really help you. It's completely free. It's called Six Mindset Shifts to Completely Transform Your Parenting. And you can go to raiseresilient.com forward slash mindset and grab your copy today. This guide will really help you start to reframe the way you see the really challenging parts of parenting so that things feel a little bit lighter right away. And there's even a page that you can literally print out and carry with you or stick on your mirror just to remind you. So go grab that now. Again, that's raisedresilient.com forward slash mindset. Okay. So let's talk about getting our kids to listen. Okay. Here's the perspective shift. When we talk about getting kids to listen, It's not really about getting them to listen, right? I know that you've experienced where you say, okay, time to go to the pool or time to go watch a fun movie or, hey, I have popsicles and your kids hear you just fine, right? It's not really about that so much as it is about the idea of getting our kids to comply or cooperate with our requests. And here's the thing. This is the part that you're going to want to really commit to memory. Cooperation requires connection. And so often when we're asking our kids to do things, we're not feeling connected. In fact, we're probably feeling frustrated, especially if it's something we've already asked them to do and they haven't done it yet, right? So we're probably coming into this situation saying things like, hey, I told you to pick up your book bag. Your room is not clean and I have already asked you to do that. Hey, can you please go pick up the toys from the backyard, right? We're exasperated. We're frustrated. There's no connection there. And you can probably see this dynamic play out with your partner if you have one or with other adults in your life too, right? If you think about if you're frustrated 
or you're overwhelmed even with your own stuff. Maybe it has nothing to do with having already asked the other person to do this thing for you, but you're already just feeling overwhelmed because life. And then you say, oh, can you please pick up your towel off the floor? Can you take the trash out? Right? It's not necessarily coming from a place of connection. It's coming from a place of frustration and, oh my gosh, I can't do one more thing. Can you do this thing? Right? Now, there's nothing wrong with asking for help. In fact, as a therapist who specializes in perinatal mental health and mental health for parents, I am a big, huge fan of asking for help when you need it. But it's about how we're asking, right? So if you will, let's do a little exercise. I want you to picture you sitting at your computer doing something important. Maybe you're writing an email to a friend. Maybe you're doing something for work. Maybe you're planning your your child's next birthday party, but you're in the middle of something. And your partner comes up to you and says, hey, I need you to take the trash out. I want you to think about how that feels for you. Probably doesn't feel very respectful or very much like they see you, right? Because you're in the middle of something and there's just no acknowledgement of that. There's no connecting with you first, right? That feels really different than if your partner were to say to you, hey, how was your day? I missed you. I see that you're in the middle of something. If you, when you get a second, could take the trash out sometime before we go to bed, that would be so helpful. That probably feels really different, right? I want you to think about which request you would want to comply with more, right? It's the same with our kids. So when we think about getting our kids to cooperate, we really want to be thinking, do I feel connected to my child right now? Because if you're feeling connected to your child, your child is probably feeling connected to you. If you're not, if you're just feeling like you're buzzing around the house getting things done, you're probably not in a place where you've put energy in the last few minutes into connecting with your child. If you haven't, this is where we're going to start, okay? So again, cooperation requires connection and we can't control anyone's behavior. And That's something that I think we have to wrap our minds around as parents too. We can't control anyone's behavior through punishments, through rewards, right? All of those things, the research is so clear about this. They wear off eventually. Behavior's got to be motivated internally, ultimately, for it to stick. So we can't control our kids. And I don't think we would want to, right? We're really trying to raise good humans. And so creating an atmosphere of cooperation in our home is the first place where we can really model working together as a team in a collaborative way. So we're going to kind of shift how we're looking at getting our kids to listen. And we're going to do three things to really help create an atmosphere where our kids are going to want to cooperate with us before we even make our request. Okay. Now, I realize I am a mom of three. I have two businesses and a partner, and I really get that sometimes it's going to feel really annoying to have to go out of your way to do these things. I hear you. I know that it's not always going to be possible. And like with anything in parenting, we don't have to do it perfectly, okay? But if you want things to go smoothly, this is going to be the best plan, okay? First thing, physically go to your child. I know that sounds so simple. And I also realize that might be annoying if you're in the middle of something like cooking dinner, but 
trust me that even if the chat, if your child is across the room from you and they can see you, right, it's still helpful to physically go to them. Even put a hand somewhere on their body lovingly, right? Give them a shoulder squeeze or a hug if they're open to it, right? Physically go to your child, make eye contact and say, hey, do you have a minute, right? That's the first thing. Be respectful of whatever it is that they're doing and ask them if they have a minute and if they'd like a hug, right? And then you're going to connect with your child. You're going to say, it's so good to see you. If they've just come home from school, I really missed you today. Or I'm so glad you're my kid. Do you want a hug? Right? And you're going to connect with them. Then the third step here is to enter their world. So let's say your child is watching a TV show. You're going to sit down next to them and say, what are you watching? Oh, yeah, this looks interesting. And then you're going to say, do you mind pausing for just a second? Right? So you're being respectful of what they're doing. Because how many times do we go to our kids and we say, hey, I need you to do whatever. You know, we're not even paying attention to the fact that they're in the middle of the show. Or we're saying, turn off the TV. And we're not even looking at the fact that they are in the middle of watching something. We would be so frustrated if someone did that to us, right? So be respectful and ask them if they will pause it. Okay, so you're gonna do those three things. You're gonna go to your child, you're gonna connect with your child, you're gonna enter their world. What are you playing with? Oh, I see you build a whole Lego town. That's really neat, you wanna tell me about it, right? You're gonna enter their world. And then you're gonna make your request. Hey, If you could, when you get a second, hang your book bag up so no one trips on it, that would be so helpful. Or I noticed that you didn't hang up your book bag when you came home, and that's one of the things that we do every day when we come home. So could you pause your show and run and do that real quick? Or I noticed that your clothes are on the floor and not in the hamper. When you're done watching the show, could you go put those in the hamper, please? Right? This is how we're going to start making these requests so that they feel respectful, so that they feel like we're including our child in the process. And so our child feels connected with us and wants to do the things that we're asking because they want to collaborate with us. We're creating an atmosphere of cooperation and collaboration. Just a note on this idea of going to your child. You know, so often, We are yelling to our kids across the house, hey, can you come put your book bag away, right? And here's the thing about that. And I get it. Like I said, I am a busy mom. I really, really, really get it that sometimes it's hard to stop what you're doing. But we can't be too upset if our kids hear us and say, okay, but then don't stop what they're doing. It takes a lot for a kid's brain to hear your request process your request in the midst of whatever else they were in the middle of, and then act on your request, right? And and that also requires stopping what they're doing. So stopping the forward momentum, right? And, And task switching. There's actually a lot of executive functioning that's involved in that seemingly simple process. And it is simpler for adults, right? Like we do a lot of these things without even thinking about it. But our kids often need a little bit more support. So going to your child, getting their full attention, connecting with them and entering their world, respecting whatever it is that they're in the middle of and helping them find a stopping point 
That's why this is so, so, so important if we want our kids to actually do the things that we're asking them to do, right? Same thing applies if you're trying to get out the door and you have somewhere to go. This is where giving lots of warning can be helpful, but then don't be surprised if when it's actually time to stop playing or turn off the TV and go get shoes on, if there's some friction, right? And so this is where going to your child and connecting with them and entering their world and then saying, okay, remember how we said it's going to be time to go soon? It's time to get your shoes on now can be really helpful. And then at that point, you can give a structured choice, right? I've talked about those before on this podcast. That's ultimately just two things that both are totally okay, right? Time to get your shoes on. Do you want to walk with me or do you want to be carried? Time to get your shoes on. Do you want to hop like a frog or crawl like a cat, right? So two options, both of which are fine. Another option is, do you want to do it now or in one minute, right? So it's not really delaying the process too much. It's not going to make you late, but it's just enough to give your child a little bit of space to comply with your request. I talk a lot about that specific topic, you know, getting ready to go somewhere in my episode on shepherding through a few episodes back. So go listen to that if you want to know more about helping your child through transitions. But any task that we're asking our child to do, we've got to be willing to connect with them first if we want them to comply, if we want to stop feeling like we're just nagging all the time, right? And I would say this applies to any relationship where we need somebody to help us out. So that's my three-step process to really help kids get on board with collaborating with us and cooperating with our request. Another thing that I want you to think about is to kind of rethink your thinking around your asks, okay? And what I mean by that is, first of all, does the task you're asking your child to do, does it really need to be done right now? Okay, for example, I think we are often asking our kids to clean things up before they're fully done with them, right? And so right now, for example, my boys have built this whole dinosaur world. And it is truly taking up about half the floor in my older son's room. Um, Dinosaurs everywhere. It's like Jurassic Park in there. But it's, it's one of those things. They spent two hours creating this yesterday morning. And then they played uninterrupted without arguing or anything for another hour after building it. And they weren't ready to be done with it. And I honestly don't have any reason for them to need to clean it right away. Now, you don't need to leave things up forever. But if your child put a lot of effort into building a setup or creating um, a Lego creation or something like that, create a way either for your child to save the thing that they've created or just be a little bit more relaxed about when you're asking your child to clean right? And I'm not talking about if they've just dumped everything out in their room, that's a different thing than something they've created, right? But then even with that, often kids are overwhelmed by the mess. And I'm going to do, there's actually so much to say about cleaning up specifically. So I'm going to do a whole episode dedicated to that. But in the context of this conversation, I would just say, Think about whether this really is something your child can do on their own. If they're asking you for help, 
they probably need a little bit of help. And that doesn't necessarily mean you're on your hands and knees picking up toys. It might even just be organization or motivation, right? Maybe turning on a song so that they can work to music and see if they can finish it up before the song ends, right? Or maybe it's, okay, your room definitely has a lot of stuff on the floor right now. And I get that that feels overwhelming. Why don't you start putting all the blocks in this bin and I will work on the dinosaurs over here, right? So just helping them organize the task because I think a lot of times we are expecting our kids to be able to do things that aren't really necessarily things they can do on their own yet. Now, kids are very, very, very capable. I am just saying that sometimes, especially when it comes to cleaning up, it can be very overwhelming for kids. And again, executive functioning, right? Being able to organize and break tasks down into smaller tasks so that they feel doable. It's not always as simple for kids as it is for us. So just think about, does the task that you're asking them to do really need to be done right this minute? Or could it get done tomorrow? Or could it get done after they're finished watching their movie? Or whatever, right? Could there be a little bit of flexibility built in? And then do they need some help? Even just a little scaffolding to get started, right? Here's another example that's not necessarily related to cleaning up. But when I pick up my five-year-old from preschool, he often has, you know, he's got his book bag, he's got his lunchbox, he's got his water bottle. And then sometimes if it's Friday, they bring home their sheets from nap time. So he's got a lot of stuff in his hands. And when it's time to come in from the car, oftentimes it feels overwhelming for him to carry all of that. Now, I'm a big fan of having kids carry things from the car rather than you just doing it all the time. But I think sometimes asking them, okay, carry all your things can feel really overwhelming. So when I say to him, okay, I will grab your lunchbox or your book bag. Which one would you rather me carry? And he'll say, uh, carry my lunchbox. And then he'll grab the rest of the things, right? Or if it's a particularly hard day, I might say, can you grab your lunchbox and I'll get everything else. So he's carrying something. He's taking on some of that load, but I'm not asking him to do all of it. Now, he's perfectly capable of carrying all of it. And most of the time on the way to school, he carries it all out to the car. But when we've had a long day at school, oftentimes he's tired. He might be a little overwhelmed from just having a long day. And it actually is really helpful just to give him a little bit of scaffolding. Hey, I'll carry this if you carry this, right? I know sometimes as parents, we can get stuck in this mindset of my child has to do this though, because someday they're going to have to do it on their own. And yes, that is totally true. But again, if we ever want to get there, often we need to provide a little bit of structure, a little bit of scaffolding to support them in getting there. There is no shame in helping your child. Okay. I know that can be a mindset shift because a lot of times we feel like, okay, they need to be doing this on their own or they did it on their own yesterday. I shouldn't be helping them today. Well, these things aren't perfectly linear either, right? So just think about, does it need done right now? Does my kid need a little more help? Is there any flexibility I could build into this request, right? And am I considering my child's perspective, right? That's another thing. I think that a lot of times we get into this mode that I am the parent, so you're going to do what I ask. And you know what? You can parent like that, but I don't believe that that builds an atmosphere of collaboration, right? That's not the kind of thinking we want our kids to have. 
we want our kids to be thinking that they are part of whatever team, whether that's family, whether that's at work, that they're part of a team, that they matter, that their opinion and their voice matters. And so again, this is where entering your child's world and being respectful of what they're doing really does matter. Okay. And if your child is really saying, I really want to take a bath instead of a shower today, just is that something you can you can do, right? Is there a little bit of flexibility? Can your child have some influence here? Right. So just thinking about those things. And then a few more thoughts. Another thing that you can do, let's say that you're getting ready to go to the park when the playroom is clean then we can go to the park. So when, then language. It's not a consequence. It's not punishment. It's setting kids up that when this is done, then we can do this other thing, right? When your shoes are on, then we can go outside. When your bed is made, then we can go down for breakfast, right? You can set this up in a number of ways, but just helping your child understand when your book bag is picked up, then you can have screen time, right? In our house, it's when you've moved your body, picked up, anything that's not a setup off of your bedroom floor, gotten dressed for the day and done something creative, then you can have an hour of screen time, right? That's how we do it. But the when then language takes the sort of the friction out of it. And you're on the same team just saying, okay, when this is done, then we can do this other thing. Another thought, collaborate with your child if they're stuck. Gosh, it seems really hard to hang up your book bag today. I wonder what's getting in the way. Or it seems like it's really hard for you to stop playing and get your shoes on right now. I really get that. I wonder what's getting in the way. Do you want to talk about it? Right? Collaborating with your child. And then one last thought that I will share that I think for us, it's really helpful when we're doing collaborative family activities like cleaning up after dinner. Right. My kids know they clear their plates. That's just something that they do. But then often they'll go play and my husband and I are left cleaning up the kitchen. So something I'll say to them sometimes, I will invite instead of demanding their help. So instead of saying, hey, help us clean up. We're doing all the work here. Right. Instead of saying something like that, I'll say, hey, guys, we are cleaning up and anything you can do to help us get the kitchen clean would be so helpful. And a lot of times they'll just go start carrying things off of the table and bringing them to us. So again, there are times when they say, oh, but we're playing something. And then I try to respect that and say, okay, I get that. But a lot of times they will come and they will help. So I'm inviting, not demanding help and collaboration. So again, remember that we can't control our kids' behaviors. We can't control anyone's behaviors. And if we want our kids to cooperate with our requests, we've got to connect with them. We've got to do it in a way that feels loving and respectful and not just demanding, right? So that's the mindset shift there. Okay. Now, if all of the things we've talked about here are just not working, I want to share with you one extra little trick that has been so helpful for me with my own kids and also actually when... I used to do therapy with kids when I worked with kindergartners. I taught kindergarten one year to emotionally at-risk kids. So this has been so helpful for me over the years. So I'll share it with you just in case it's helpful to you too. And when I use this, I still use it with my five-year-old all the time. I'm telling you, I have like a 90% success rate with it. So try it if your child is stuck. But it goes like this. 
So let's say that I've asked my child to pick up the blocks off of his bedroom floor and he is just refusing. He's stuck and he won't do it. So then I might say, you know what? I'm just going to step outside the door for a moment, or I'm just going to close my eyes real quick, or I'm just going to look over here. And I wonder what's going to happen with the blocks. I don't know. I guess I'll just have to find out. And I'm telling you 90% of the time I look away, I close my eyes, I step outside the door and I hear my child cleaning up the blocks. It's like magic. I think the reason that this works is because it gives your child a little bit of agency, a little bit of autonomy back. Maybe your child has been refusing and digging their heels in. It can be hard for them to just turn on a dime and say, okay, all that protest, I don't mean that. I'll do it, right? It can be hard for kids to do that, especially when they're experimenting with agency and with sort of digging their heels in and having a strong stance. So this lets them save face a little bit, right? And gives them a little bit of agency back. And it's to the point where my five-year-old will sometimes suggest this, right? He's stuck. I might even be getting a little frustrated and he'll go, mommy, close your eyes, right? Or mommy, look over there. (laughs) And so, and I will, and then he'll do the thing. So just throwing that out there to you in case it's helpful because it has been like magic for me. Just throwing that out there is an extra little trick. I hope this is helpful. You know, Think about this next time you're asking your child to do something. Try this three-step process and see if something shifts. Thanks so much for listening. And this wraps up today's episode. If your child's meltdowns are stressing you out, I've got you. My complete guide to meltdowns will walk you through exactly what's going on and how to help so that next time your child melts down, you can feel confident. Download your copy today for free at raiseresilient.com slash grow. And if you enjoyed the show today, please share this episode and leave a review. Let's spread the word about raising resilient kids. Thanks for listening. And until next time, we've got this.